Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Sam's Report. My name is Brad Sams, and I am recovering. Well, sick or whatever. To be honest, I sound terrible, um, but I, I feel fine otherwise, so I haven't quite really figured it out. I'm calling this the Mary Jo Foley disease. She had this a couple weeks ago, and whatever reason, you it's in my chest or whatever, and obviously impacting my voice, and I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to do this today. So if it's a first-time listener, I generally don't sound this um, this much or like a dumpster fire like this, but, uh, yeah, you know what show must go on. I really enjoy this. It's actually something I look forward to every week. So we're going to go ahead and do this anyways. And to kick things off, uh, today is May the 20th, May 20th. I screwed that up last week just because I can't keep track of dates or times, but you know what? That's just whatever. So May 20th, uh, big week this week, actually, just in all of tech, uh, Google had a big thing, Microsoft uh, kind of reeled it back a little bit, not too surprising, because they knew that Google was going to be running the headlines uh, because of their IO, it's an event or festival, it was outdoors, it was interesting, and if you were following along on the Twitters, um, Paul and I had a really good time with it, and it was kind of funny too, because a lot of the Microsoft people, such as like Gabe uh, and Frank Shaw, were saying, hey, this is kind of fun watching Paul and Brad do this, mostly because we generally do it about Microsoft. And so when they see it, hey, we're doing it on the other side, they realize that, you know, we're not biased towards Microsoft. We we rip on anybody who does something that we don't really believe is the right maneuver or they're just kind of missing the industry. Anyways, so let's just dive in because I don't know how long my voice is going to hold out uh, for this episode. But you know what? Let's just dive in, shall we? So this week, Microsoft actually announced Windows 7 Service Pack 2. Okay, so they didn't announce Windows 7 Service Pack 2, but they they pretty much did. Even though Microsoft has done away with the words of RTM Service Pack from their vocabulary, they announced a roll-up update for Windows 7. Now, what this update is, it's... It's essentially, it's not coming via Windows Update, which is a little bit surprising, but it's really bundling together a whole bunch of updates. You download this one install file, you install it, and then it brings your machine much closer up to being current. Now, it's not perfect. It doesn't bring you all the way up to the current day, but it, all intents and purposes, folks, this is what Microsoft traditionally would have called a service pack. And it's really about time because the Windows 7 SP1 actually shipped in February of 2011. So every update after 2011, uh, once you did a clean install of Windows 7, you're downloading it. So the cool thing about this is that it can be slipstreamed into the Windows 7 installation media. And if you're an IT admin or IT pro, this is a pretty big deal for you. So it's in the update catalog. I can't get over this. Microsoft is not pushing this out through Windows Update. Why? I, I don't know. Maybe it's because they're trying to separate it from a service pack. I don't know. But if you need this, you need to go to the update catalog. The post is up on Throat with the download links that you need. And yeah, Windows 7 Service Pack 2 now available. They're also doing some good things for Windows 8.1. Not quite as good as this cumulative update, but they're now doing monthly roll-up packages, which is going to make updating Windows 8.1 from scratch a lot quicker and more efficient, which, thank God, because if you've ever done a clean install of Windows 7 or 8 recently, it's you install it, and then you spend the next... 24 hours installing updates and it's just update after update restarts it's really a terrible experience granted microsoft probably doesn't care too much uh, mostly because they're pushing for that windows 10 but yeah so service packs they're back in style um i honestly i, I thought about writing this as a post but 
I honestly think the Windows 10 anniversary update is, would have been labeled a service pack too. What's it doing? It's adding some features, adding more security. It's an enhancement package. It's an update. It's large. It's cumulative updating, but it's not a service pack. So we'll just go with that. And um, those are out now. <clears throat> and make sure to check those out if you need them. So Microsoft did uh, enabled something this week that kind of annoyed a lot of people. And I tried to chase it down and Microsoft gave me the most mundane answer possible. So Cortana can now sync notifications from your Android phone uh, to Windows 10 if you're running the ins latest Insider build. And you also have to be running the Cortana Android app. Now this is where, and this happens every single time, and I don't blame you guys, I really, really do not, that every time an app comes out for Microsoft and it's not available in the US, Paul and I, it happens in the comments, it happens quite frankly in email and on Twitter. We get these things and saying, this is great, Brad, it's not available in my region, why not? And for the most part, Paul and I just kind of like, yeah, there's nothing we can do about this. This isn't our thing. So I finally emailed Microsoft and their comment about why why this is happening is completely dodging the situation. They really just said they're helping developers bring their apps to all markets and that they have 300 million uh, users. That, that was it. I will have a post on this um, more than likely Monday. It's mostly written, but I don't know if I'll get to it to polishing it up this afternoon. But for those of you who are outside the U.S. and want to use this Cortana notification sync feature, you can't because you can't get the Cortana app unless you change your region. It doesn't make sense. I don't, Microsoft owns every aspect of Cortana. If it's a non-native English country, just put a flag up and say, hey, look, this is an English application. It's not for you. Don't just ban people from using it because even if they're not talking to it verbally, uh, they can actually, they can still get benefit out of this stuff. And a lot of people speak English. Everybody who reads Throughout and Petri and listening to this uh, podcast all speak English and they all want this app. They're leaving market share on the table when they do this. And that's what I don't get is they want Cortana to be pervasive. They want it to be everywhere, but yet they're handcuffing themselves. So I don't, I don't get, I don't understand Microsoft's mentality here. I asked about it and they gave me the most boring and jaded answer. Sometimes maybe when I make the post, they'll provide another comment, um, but we'll see. For those of you who are out there that have this, it works great. I um, I put it on the Nexus that I have here, and it, it worked just fine. It was great. I, I don't know if they'll be able to do this on iOS. That'll be interesting just because Apple has completely locked down their, uh, their notification platform. Granted, you can do some manipulation inside of iOS that Apple allows for this, but I don't know if they'll be able to truly replicate what they're doing on Android just because of the nature of iOS versus Android. That's nothing new. Um, for those of you on Windows Phone, this is one less reason why you need a Windows Phone, to be honest, because now you have Android doing the same thing your Windows Phone did with your Windows 10 PC. And at, it's just, it's the reality of the, the Windows Phone market. Nothing new. I don't want to banter on about that stuff. But speaking of phones, speaking of phones, so Microsoft did some interesting stuff. And if you watched uh, Tech News uh, on Twit on Wednesday, I actually did a session right before my voice completely collapsed about this and you can go back and watch that and I'm going to kind of reiterate some of that stuff plus a little additional features here or additional information. So Microsoft sold off their phone business to Foxconn and a new uh, subsidiary that's essentially right down the road from the old Nokia headquarters or the current Nokia headquarters, excuse me, called HMD. 
And what is going on here is Microsoft sold off their feature phones for 350 million bucks. So they invested 7.2 billion. Uh, they wrote off, I believe it was 7.6 billion. And now they sold off the feature phone segment of that acquisition for 350 million. Um, by all accounts, it was a disaster. Nobody would have bought this. Uh, I do really wonder what would happen if Microsoft would have put $7.2 billion into Windows Mobile, uh, the prior iteration. They could have built a phone for $7.2 billion. Trust me, I know it takes a lot of R&D and money to build hardware, um, but they could have built a phone for less than $7.2 billion. They did not spend $7.2 billion building the Windows RT tablet. They could have done this. They could have they could have done that. Now, granted, hindsight is always twenty twenty. But really, what we're seeing here is Nadella putting an end to Balmer's uh, last major move inside of Windows, inside of Microsoft, I should say. And so that segment is killed. And the wording of it was interesting, saying, "Is this the last Lumia?" Because they're saying they're only going to support certain devices. Um, they're still going to de- continue to develop Windows ten mobile ongoing. But I believe firmly that we are done with the Lumias. Nothing new there. I've been saying that for a couple months now, uh, just from what I've heard inside, mostly because I don't think Lumia has any value to it anymore. I think it's a tainted brand that is associated with uh, poor selling devices and a bad app store. So, yeah, Lumia didn't pan out. And as somebody pointed out in the comments section, uh, Microsoft wanted the brand names in, in, in this acquisition. The brand name didn't work out. Lumia didn't work out. They really didn't get Nokia out of it. And what we're seeing now is this new uh, Foxconn subsidiary and this new HMD group are now able to build feature phones with the Nokia brand. But Nokia also entered into an exclusive licensing agreement, my favorite kind, uh, with this group to now allow them to build tablets and smartphones. So really what we're going to start seeing is Nokia smartphones. But they're not the Nokia smartphones we know and love. They're not going to be... I, I can't imagine them being the super premium devices, mostly because Nokia is now a Westinghouse type brand. It's just a licensed name. And this isn't true Nokia. This is a, a group using the Nokia name to build smartphones and tablets. It's not the same engineers. They don't have the same patents. They don't have all the same tech. So I, I think it's just going to be a a branded Nokia device that's on a cheap uh, Chinese knockoff that has some high-end features. Um, that are pretty much standard off-the-shelf components. Like I, I'm not expecting to see an, a 60-megapixel camera come out of this um, partnership that has been announced. So really, this is the what I consider the closing of a chapter of this book. Maybe Microsoft will officially announce that Lumia is no longer their brand of choice, and that will be you know the, the steel or the stamp on the back of the book that says this book is ready for selling because it's closed. But I think going forward, we'll see a Surface device. Um, potentially a Microsoft branded phone in, in the lower segments if they don't want to dilute the surface value of being a premium device. But I, I, I wonder about Microsoft's mobile strategy. But they're not, most importantly, they're not stopping development of Windows 10 Mobile. That is the most important thing to take out of this. They are not giving up on that. They're not stopping it. It's just, it's a different strategy. And, the, it, and to use Nadella's words, it's courage in the face of, face of reality. They aren't making money. They're bleeding capital. They don't see a way to profitability. So they got to move on. They got to try a different strategy. It's, you know, one of the smartest things in business you can do is to say it's okay to fail. It's okay. They, they, they're, they're done doing that strategy. They're adapting. And we'll see what they have next. Hopefully it doesn't take them too long to figure it out. So 
that's really what's going on with the feature phones. A uh, couple, couple app announcements. Microsoft Health is finally coming to the desktop. And the OneDrive app. You can now grab the OneDrive app. Yay, I actually really like the OneDrive app. Um, I've already found a couple uses for it, mostly because you can access all your files, even those that you have not synced. Now, the question came out immediately after this. They said, Brad, is this Microsoft replacement for placeholders? So I asked, uh, not Microsoft PR channel, because they sure as hell wouldn't tell me. I asked the people behind um, who would have to know, and they said, no, this is not a replacement for placeholders. That's still coming. Um, they were not so optimistic on how soon it was coming, but they definitely said it was in the works and that they heard the Dropbox announcement loud and clear and know that they can't just sit on their laurels with this stuff. So the placeholders are still coming. Um, I still firmly believe they are. I have a lot of evidence that they are, but this OneDrive app is not, the OneDrive app in its current iteration is not the, the replacement for placeholders, for those that were asking. Um, and kind of a, a bigger announcement this week that was, um, I don't know, a little frustrating, I guess. So Microsoft announced that promoted apps are going from 5 to 10. From 5 to 10. Uh, and um, I'm not sure how I feel about this. So what this is, is when you, on a clean install of Windows 10 anniversary update, this is when it'll start with the anniversary update, and you click the start button, there's not going to be 10 promoted apps in that start menu layout rather than five a couple thoughts here why they might be doing this one they saw great success with the five promoted apps they said hey you know what let's do five more um by doing that they now have five new slots to pitch to companies like facebook and all those other big name brands hey look we got promoted slots you want your app in here we'll sign an agreement as long as you build a universal app and you support it for x amount of time so they're ads People are calling them, no, they're not ads. They're not, I don't believe they're malware or crapware because crapware, in my opinion, is defined by hard to uninstall, pop-up, nag screens, and all that good stuff. Uh, these apps, these promoted apps can be removed with, um, I believe, what, two clicks? Maybe three, right mouse click, uninstall, and then you might have to do it again. You might, there might be another confirmation in there somewhere. So it's not crapware or nagware, but it is really an advertisement for an app because the app isn't actually there. You have to click on it and then go download it and bring it into Windows 10. So, um, as Team56 points out, he says, you know what, this really might just be now that they finally have more quality apps to promote. It, that could be true. We have seen a lot, a strong uptick in the Windows market share or Windows App Store. Next year, doing some redesign work with inside the App Store. And yeah, so it really could be that. But I, I think there's some back-end um, negotiations going on between them and app developers that are really the driving force behind this. So look for that for the anniversary update. I was told that if you're doing an update, you should not see these promoted apps. Um, I don't, we'll see. They, they didn't seem too confident on that. They were looking into it, I believe, at the time. But you're not supposed to when you do an update like this. So keep an eye out on that anniversary update. Uh, another source, after I'd already written it up, said, hey, they're hearing anniversary updates coming the end of July. They actually listed specifically July 29th. And so there you go. A couple of different people besides myself now saying, Anniversary update, end of July. My birthday is the 30th. Nice little birthday present, Microsoft. So, grab a drink here. You can tell that my vocal cords are are um, screaming at me to stop talking. But we'll get some honey and tea after this. And <laughs> you know what? I'll figure it out over the weekend. My wife will like it because it'll be quiet in the household. Although my daughter is a little chatterbox. So, uh, other things that happen around the world of tech are these personally for me. So, I got one of these. Um, 
This is an HTC Vive. Yeah, it showed up, finally. Actually, I ordered a Vive and a Rift, and my determining factor of which one I was going to keep was going to be which one showed up. So HTC Vive here. Talk a few minutes about this. Uh, crazy piece of technology. I've, if you've never used VR, it's, it's really worth checking out. Um, and I use the term checking out. I don't know... Um, I, I don't know if it's worth buying yet, but it's definitely worth checking out. Uh, true, last night my wife came home. I didn't tell her that this thing was here, and she was like, hey, let me try it out. I put it on, and an hour later, she didn't even realize an hour had gone by. It was like 9.15. She's like, oh, crap, it's a little late. And I just sat there and watched her use it. It was her first time using VR. It was incredible. She was completely... Um, immense or immersed in this stuff and it is really cool there's some awesome simulations there's uh like some space simulations there's like space environment or whatever it's called uh two that came out that's completely built for vr and you can smash planets together and fly around the universe and see orbits it's incredible so a couple thoughts about the 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 rift setting it up is a lot more complex than i initially thought so it's not overly complex now that it's done but when you pull this thing out of the box you pull out the rift you pull out, let's see, two of these things, two of these controllers, which are great, by the way. I really like them. You pull out these two little black boxes, which you can't see that are up in the corner of my room. That's what this wire is going to. You pull out, um, let's see, an HDMI cable. You pull out a breakout box that comes with it that, that breaks out HDMI and this power stuff. Um, it comes with like th four, three or four wall chargers. And there's a lot of wires. Um, there's a power cable that goes to the rift. I mean, just wires out the door. And so I've had all this stuff here, and HTC sends this, like, one little poster board thing um, document, and it's it bare-bones minimum information. And it, what it really says is go download this thing. So you go to HTC, and I wish I would have known this, and then you download it. It's like a 90-meg file. It didn't take too long. And then that's how you it walks you through the setup. And it probably took me, I want to say, about an hour to get set up because you got to not only get the hardware all configured, um, I had a little issue with the uh, controller thing, uh, not syncing to these things. One of them was recognized, so I had to troubleshoot that, got that figured out. Uh, then you got to find the games that you really want to play or the, in the scenarios. And so all in all, it takes a good hour. And so the initial impressions here are it's crazy fun. Um, it, it's crazy fun. Like, it's really, really cool. And I, I can see how this is a f the future of things. Um, it, it's not quite ready for prime time. The, the resolution of the display is not as great as I was actually hoping. I've used the Oculus Rift, uh, the production version. I don't have one yet. Somebody was asking why. Uh, well, I pre-ordered it, and they said late June, and then they moved it to mid-July. And then I actually ordered one on Amazon when they had it, and it got into my Amazon cart, and I it was in process and then never actually shipped. So I am just going to run with the Rift for now. I don't think I'm going to use both. That seems, unless somebody wants to send me one, um, I don't think I'm going to splash out another, what are those things, like 500 bucks for another VR headset. But I did have, you know, I set the whole room up, and it's it's great. I, I highly recommend you try one. Um, other kind of odd things, so there's this IPD display switch thing. Like, it's a little knob here, and... What it does is allows you to, to, the IPD is the center of your eyeballs. I think I'm saying that correctly. And on the HoloLens, you have to do the same thing, which was actually really helpful. One of my 
badges that you can kind of see hanging behind me was from the HoloLens experience and they measured it. So I had my exact number and set, set it to it. It's great. It was, it's really kind of easy. They have a nice, great tutorial to walk you through. Um, but again, it, it's, this is early adopter scenario. Don't buy one. If, if you don't want to just kind of use it on free infrequent basis, show it off to be cool. And then have some fun in space, but it's, uh, Wait, wait for some more quality applications, which there are quite a few coming this summer. Um, wait didn't really have too much of an issue. I'm going to do some write-ups here for Throt and actually get this in, in writing because it's a little bit easier than trying to talk about it too much. But I didn't have any issues with it being uncomfortable. My wife thought it was a little bit heavy, but for me, it worked great. Um, and, and relatively little issues once you're up and running. Steam, Steam VR does a great job with it, so... That's the Vive. I've got one now. If you have any questions about it, you know, don't hesitate to ask. Happy to answer questions about it and definitely going to get some written content up. So I want to move on to Google I.O. real quick. I know you were thinking, Google, Brad, you usually talk about Microsoft. What do you know about Google? Well, it's hard not to know one company versus the other when you when you focus in on this industry. And I don't want to go into too deep here. But what I think was really interesting about Google I.O. is that this was a defensive conference for Google. Um, and, and I don't say that lightly. So what did they announce? They announced two new apps, uh, a messenger app and a face, like a, a video app. So that's a reaction to iMessage and FaceTime. They tried to put their own little Google spin on it, but they're nothing new. They're trying to get their own brand and product into these spaces. Uh, they announced a, an Amazon Echo competitor. They actually even gave Amazon a shout out on stage that, hey, thanks for creating the market. And that won't be coming out until this fall. So that's a, a reaction to an Amazon device, which Microsoft, for the love of God, give us a Cortana Cube or something. Um, what else did they have? They have instant apps, which were great. I, I have no problem with that. That's kind of a unique little thing. Although Microsoft has something similar, I believe it's called App V that allows that. They announced Android N, which a given. That's just the next iterative update for uh, for Android. They also announced Android Wear 2.0. So those last two items are just software updates. The app thing isn't all that crazy. And they also had Daydream. Daydream is their VR, which I think is cool. They're going to try to build this stuff into phones. Um, I, I do worry because you do need high-end hardware for this, or else, otherwise you get nauseated. If Google creates a whole bunch of devices that are making people sick, that's going to be a bad thing for VR. But on the flip side, if they can do it right, uh, Daydream could be really incredible as an as a inexpensive way to get into the early stages of what VR possibly can be. So I, I give them credit for Daydream um, and the instant apps. That's kind of their new stuff. But what I miss from Google, and this is kind of odd to say, but I miss Google's products that they were just so ambitious. They just, they did things. Like they announced Google Glass. They had freaking their execs fly in from um, skydive in. They announced new products that are available today. They announced, where where are all these, like Google, in my mind, is like an old Lamborghini. At least they used to be. Lamborghini used to be known for building these crazy cars that would catch on fire and they were thrilling and when you go around turns, the back end's going to kick out and you better be ready for just like this crazy ride. But they were always really ambitious about what they were doing. A little over ambitious. And now they're getting a little bit more tame. Not so much, but uh, Google is kind of the same way. They used to be this super ambitious company and we used to laugh because like they have Google Buzz and it'd fail and they'd have Wave and it would fail. But I think Google's essence is in their ability to fail and move on. And what they announced this week didn't seem that ambitious of anything. I don't know. 
but it just seemed really defensive to me that they're making products in reaction to what other companies are doing rather than defining their own path going forward. Now, granted, you could just say Daydream is that, um, but yeah. So that was Google I.O. It's, uh, they had it outside. It was kind of interesting. You know what? It was, it was different from being outside. So it wasn't a dark stage and black and blackness. I mean, it was, it was uh, I don't know, in an amphitheater. So I kind of want to end here on something from Microsoft because I don't, you know, that's the essence of this podcast. So we, now granted, this could still change today. We didn't see any builds of Windows 10 this week. We did see, I think they updated the Windows mobile version, but I, most of us really want the desktop stuff. So what I find kind of interesting, concerning, I don't know, take for whatever you want. They had this big bug bash week. And generally you think, okay, they, they spend a week smashing bugs. That should make the builds better. We should be like moving forward, um, getting releases faster and faster if we just spent a week smashing bugs instead of building new features or integrating new features. So I don't know if that means they smashed a bunch of bugs and now they're going to integrate a bunch of new features and that the next build is actually going to be a, another large leap in terms of features and functionality. I don't quite know. Uh, last time that Microsoft did a big release that had a lot of features and functionality, we got uh, embargoed information, if you remember that podcast, which was crazy and a lot of fun. So, I don't know. Hopefully, Gabe will give us a build today. I I realistically hope he does, but it's a little interesting inside the world of Microsoft right now. you got to remember, Microsoft's year-end is at the end of June. There's a lot of preparation now internally, at least planning-wise, uh, for the next year ahead. Company... Business organizations are getting their budgets in line, and um, I believe they have employee reviews coming up. This is when bonuses are dished out. So there's a lot of busy work that's going on inside the company that isn't necessarily related to product development. Don't get me wrong. Engineers are still building day in and day out. they got to get this stuff shipped. But that's kind of some of the overhead that they've got to get through, and they're in the heat of that right now. So with that, you guys, my voice um, is, my throat is starting to actually catch on fire right about now, and I'm... I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to talk to the voice. To be honest, yesterday at this time when I was talking, I sounded like a 13 year old boy. My voice was like cracking. Uh, it just did it right there. It was cracking all the time and just words were not coming out. And so I'm going to go back to drinking my tea and a uh, couple just notes. I'm actually on vacation. Well, I start traveling next uh, Thursday. I'm traveling down for an executive meeting for um, some stuff. Uh, down on the Gulf Shore, and then I'm taking a week off. So technically, next two podcasts, um, next week will be interesting because uh, I'll be in Alabama, and then I'll be in Florida. So I'll try to figure out the podcast. I really like doing this, so I'm going to try to do it. But, yeah. Uh, somebody just real quick before I end this asked about the Xbox One over-the-air DVR. E3 is in a couple weeks. I would not expect too many E3 things coming out, although they did just announce that uh, the million gamer tags and all that good stuff came out. But I would imagine if they're going to announce Xbox One over the air DVR, that's an E3 type announcement. So be on the watch out for that. I'm not decided yet if I'm heading to that event. I have my press registration and credentials all done. I just got to figure out if I'm actually going to get on a plane and go there. So E3 coming up soon. Um, yeah, keep an eye out on that stuff. And thanks for watching, everybody. This has been another edition of the Sands Report. Have a good weekend.